A quick reminder, the hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. This is Mike Frost. Today on the podcast, we'll be discussing identity theft, some of the statistics, who's at risk, and ways you can prevent it from happening to you. But first of all, let's welcome to the podcast today, Matt Walters, our Senior Vice President, and Natalie, our Producer Extraordinaire and Marketing Director. How are we doing this morning, folks? Doing great. I'm awesome. That's short and sweet. They just want to get right to the point. Okay, we're talking about identity theft. And if you've never experienced identity theft, fantastic. But you probably know someone that has. So we're going to go over some of the things about how you protect yourself, what causes identity theft, who's most at risk, but then most of all, some very easy steps that you can take to help prevent being a victim of identity theft. Well, let's start off. Okay, Matt, so... Identity theft. What is it? Do I become Matt Walters? Is that what we're talking about? No, it can mean a lot of different things. And this is a big this is a big topic for us and you know our industry specifically because um, there are a lot of requirements that we we have to go through and have to provide to safeguard clients' information, you know, handling clients' personal information and financial information. So this is a really important topic. Identity theft can be it's essentially when you know someone, a cyber, quote unquote, cyber criminal, however you define that, um, they could be anywhere in the world, is trying to, you know, take your information, personal information, financial information, um, and they're trying to commit some sort of fraud. Maybe use your credit cards, um, make some type of purchase, you know, whatever it may be. It can look many, many different ways, um, but that's what identity theft is. It was when somebody's coming in trying to take your personal information and use it to better themselves, you know, financially or in whatever way. So we hear on the news where there's been a data breach and these major companies, all your information they have has been breached and they take that. That would be in a form of a potential identity theft, correct? Yes. All right. All right. So, well, how big an issue is it? Uh, it's a huge issue and it's becoming more and more of an issue. And um, some, st- some statistics that you have that, that Mike looked up for us this said something to the fact that 33% of adults have experienced some form of identity theft, um, double the global average. So I guess it's a, even a bigger issue here in the U.S. So in the U.S., it's twice as big of an issue as it is anywhere else. So a third of Americans have experienced some type of identity theft. That's amazing. That is, yeah, that is amazing. My, my, Haley, my wife, she's she got hacked into, so it can happen to anybody. Some other statistics related to uh, identity theft, uh, you know, 33% have experienced um, some form of it. 7 to 10% of the U.S. population experiences identity theft each and every year. Every year? Wow. So almost 1 in 10 people every year. Um, $1.5 billion taken from people due to identity theft. And that's, that's going back a couple years. So that number I would imagine is probably even higher today. Um, on average, a new identity theft victim occurs every two seconds. So just since we've been speaking here, there have been dozens of people who have been impacted by identity theft. 
Um, and then 2019 FTC reported 167,000 people um, were victims of credit card fraud due to identity theft. So that's specific to the credit card fraud. So I know I've I've spoken with people and I myself have had, you know, on my credit card or our credit card, random amounts just pop up. It's like, well, what in the world? You know, we didn't buy gas in New Jersey <laughs> last Tuesday. And sure enough, you know, you go back, you have to work through the credit card company. And um, so it's definitely a very legitimate thing and it's out there. So to, to dimensionalize that, 167,000 people, there's about 50,000 people or so in the city of Bentonville, Arkansas, where we're located. So that's three times the size of Bentonville. It happens to every single year. That's amazing. Okay. All right. Well, so now we kind of have some statistics. We know what identity theft is. Who do we think is most at risk for identity theft? Yeah. So when you look at the numbers, the people that tend to be most at risk are, believe it or not, children, seniors, uh, military members and their families, uh, repeat victims, and then deceased people. Deceased people. So, okay. So children, how in the world, Matt, you've got three small children. How can they be a victim of identity theft? Well, they have, I mean, they have social security numbers. They have different things. They have a, uh, you know, a clean slate. They're probably, you know, Bennett, my five-year-old's not online checking his credit report or making sure people aren't stealing his identity. So they're less likely to check it. Um, so that makes them, you know, subject to being more, more vulnerable in that way. So Bennett's not checking his credit report. Natalie, are you checking Thomas's credit report? I am not. I mean, Thomas is four, but that that would be a reason to steal to steal his identity because he's four. You're not going to check. So then for the two of you, small children, you might want to check those and you can do that for free. We'll get to that in just a second. OK, who's so you said seniors, someone like might be in my age group over 60. Amen. Yep. <laughs> How can they be victims of identity theft? Well, my my wife's grandmother actually she every time we see her, the first thing she complains about is all the phone calls she's getting, and uh. her phone's ringing off the hook. Scammers and people just you know she still has a um, she still has a landline, and so that's one thing that you know people with landlines I think still get hit a lot, and the, people also um, tend to think I think the cyber criminals take advantage of seniors and some of the fears and anxiety that those that those that certain part of the population go through you know financially healthcare medical stuff collections agencies you know anybody like that it's going to be very fearful and that generation didn't grow up in this in the world we live in today so they're not you know if if you're in your 60s and 70s you know it's just been the last 10 15 years where everybody's used to having a smartphone in their hand right and so just the comfort level with all of the online stuff um isn't necessarily there with with all of the seniors. And a lot of folks in this age group tend to be a little more trusting and think the best of people, even though they're out to take them. And there is a lot of this phone, these scams, these phishing things. Uh, and so seniors, we have to be have our guard up. Um, so, okay, so we talked about children. We talked about seniors. Military people, how, how are they targets for Identity theft. Uh, yeah, so military is specific to when they're, um, especially when they're like on some sort of deployment or kind of out of touch, you know, with their day-to-day -day normal lives. So they're maybe overseas or they're on some certain, you know, particular mission or, or project. Um, everything else is just kind of out there setting. And if they're not on top of it or checking it, it you know, that makes them very subject to 
being a victim of identity theft. So if you're on deployment in Afghanistan, yeah. uh, checking your credit reports, probably not the thing that's top of mind. Right. And if you're going to be gone for a year or two, there's a lot can happen to your identity and you not even be aware of it because you're in some foreign country protecting our country. Yep. So uh, that means the people back home should be checking that credit report for you. Okay. You mentioned repeat victims. What? So I've been a victim of identity theft. That's made me more susceptible to be a victim again. Uh, based on the numbers, the numbers say 21% of people who, who have experienced it or gone through it before will, will have multiple incidents. And so I don't know if you, make some list or, you know, that that's data is collected and stored out there and they know that you're vulnerable and have, have fallen subject to it before. But, um, but yeah, just because it's happened once doesn't mean, okay, that your time has come and gone and it's not going to happen again. Wow. So if you've been come once, don't think, okay, my odds are over now. You're likely to be hit again. That's frightening. Okay. Deceased people. Now this is interesting. Both of my parents are deceased. So how in the world can somebody steal their identity when they're gone? Yeah, this is known as ghosting. So it's taking people's information, um, you know, because that information is still out there and it, it can still be go- um, tracked down, social security numbers, um, financial information. A lot of people have accounts and different, you know, properties that they don't take care of after someone passes away. It just kind of sets out there for a while. Um so that's a, a good reminder that, you know, when a family member passes or something, you know, make sure you take care of everything and get and get everything in your name or whoever's name it needs to be. Um, I know, you know, the deceased people, we've had a lot of, um, it seems like there's been a lot of deceased people vote in the last couple of years. And so that's another form of identity theft in the, in the voting world. Okay. Now Matt's going off on a political tangent here. We'll get back to identity theft here. So, so if some, if you have a deceased family member, you should, you should attempt to check their credit report uh, because this is happening to two and a half million deceased identities are stolen each year. Two and a half million. My goodness. Okay, Natalie, now here you are. You're our social person here. It's on all this social media. So how does identity theft occur? How does identity theft occur? It can be... Uh, you can be a victim if you're active on social media. They know more information about yourself and maybe your family, maybe where your child goes to school or where you work. If you're active on your mobile phone and they know who you're texting and they know what apps you use, they know where you're shopping, then identity theft can also occur there. And, and just active things on the internet, everything is kind of correlated. So um, if you're active in society and in, in on the internet nowadays, that, that could cause some issues of being a target. So if you're on Facebook and you do Twitter, you're 30% more likely to be an identity theft victim. Isn't that amazing? And I know both of you guys are on that social media stuff. I personally am not. I don't negative, know how to. Negative. I've, I haven't been for oh, years. Oh, sorry about other, that, Matt. Yeah. I didn't throw other, you. I didn't other mean... than LinkedIn. That's y'all's social media. <laughs> That's the old folks' Facebook, I guess. Okay. But 23% increase in social media identity theft took place from 2017 to 2018. So it's 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 30% of all identity theft or 30% more likely if you're on social media and it's growing year over year. That is amazing. Now, you mentioned something about the internet of things. This was a new term for me, Natalie. So if you have a, a camera at your house, uh, like Ring or things like that, uh, if you've got routers in your house where people can get in on your Wi-Fi, then there's a chance somebody can steal your identity that way. So we have to be very, very careful. Okay. So we talked about, you know, 
who's at risk, what it is, where is it most common in the United States? Where do we need to be worried about it? Yeah, so some of the the uh, most at-risk states are where it happens most frequently. Um, number one, two, and three are actually Georgia, Nevada, and California in that order. Arkansas uh, falls in place in at number 37, so uh, maybe not as big of, not as prevalent here. I could make another uh, election reference to number one, Georgia, but we'll just leave it at that. So if you live in Georgia, specifically around the Atlanta area, you are the prime target for identity theft. Not sure why. In Nevada, I would assume Las Vegas. And in California, of course, Matt can make a, a political statement about that. But we won't go there. That'll be for another podcast. Okay. So now we know it's an issue. We know who's targeted. So what in the world can we do? The number one thing you can do is a credit freeze. Credit freeze. What in the world is a credit freeze? Matt or Natalie, either one of you know? I've, to be honest, I've heard of it and I'm familiar with it, but I, I wouldn't be the one to need to explain it. Same. I, this is all new to me. So the old guy here will talk to you about credit freeze because that's exactly what I've done. Very simple to do and it's free. Each of us have a credit report at three of the credit reporting agencies, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. You simply go online. You go there and you click on the thing that says credit freeze. They do a credit freeze. They give you a PIN number. You have to remember that PIN number because if you don't, you can't unfreeze your credit. Okay. But once you've done that, your credit is frozen. Nobody can open a new credit card, take out a loan, anything like that in your name as long as your credit is frozen. Now they can, however, if they get your credit card number, they can run up credit card bills. They just cannot open new accounts. And so while you're there, you might as well check your credit report. You can get that at least once a year from each of the credit reporting agencies. In 2020, you could do it once a week due to COVID. I'm not sure if that's carried over or not, but go online. I think we can put this in the show notes, Natalie, the, the, the uh, websites for each of the credit reporting agencies, and we also have their phone numbers. The key is when you set it up, make sure you remember that PIN number. Otherwise, you'll never, ever be able to open another line of credit, car loan, credit card, mortgage. Uh, but this will prevent anyone from opening any more credit in your name. Okay, you can also set up fraud alerts on your credit reports. Again, easily done. You can do it, and then you don't have to worry about that. You'll get notified if anybody attempts to set something up on you. You can do an extended fraud alert, and it'll last for seven years. Uh, then any active duty military, you can do one on yours for two years and you can get off a marketing list for two years. So these are all free, doesn't cost you anything. So on the fraud alerts, you do that through the credit reporting agency? That is correct. You okay. set it up through the credit reporting agency. I wonder how valid some of the agents or some of the services out there are, like Life LifeLock or some of those. I wonder, if have, do you know anything that, about that? Man, Matt, you're reading the notes here. Good question. So these are like identity theft preventions or things you pay for, all right? None of them prevent people from opening up a credit card or something in your name unless you have a credit freeze. But if you get a life lock or, or, or those type of things, you're paying for something to notify you that something's happening on your credit. And then they pay some restitution for getting things fixed. The main issue when someone steals your identity is not that you owe anything because you don't. Those are all fraudulent charges. It's cleaning up the mess. 
So if you want to buy identity theft insurance, whether it be LifeLock, I personally have Xander insurance. That's not an endorsement. That's just personally what I have. It's specifically for cleaning up the mess. It's going to take about 600, 600 hours to get your name clean. Because now every time you want to go do something, it's say, oh no, you've got this huge charge. And it's like, no, that wasn't me, but you've got to prove all of that. So simple things to do again, credit freeze, top line, number one, free, set fraud alerts on your accounts. Uh, if you're overseas, you can do the active duty military alert that'll do that for at least a year. Then you can extend it for the length of your deployment. All of that's free. But then if you want to go a step further and do identity theft, then that's a charge, but make sure it includes restitution, getting things fixed, hiring lawyers to fix that. If you'll watch a, the LifeLock commercial, it says they'll pay up to like a million dollars of, of attorney's fees to get things cleaned up. Okay, so uh, any parting thoughts on identity theft? It's an important issue. Make sure it's something you spend some time thinking about and go out there and, and you know, I think everybody needs to see what profiles they have online and make sure everything's cleaned up and updated and um, I think one one reminder is you know when you open a social media account, don't let it just go un inactive and, and sit out there and never use it. If you're not going to use it, go shut it down. You know, log out, all those types of things. No, I these numbers here and all these statistics, it it, it makes me really think. All of us know someone that has been a victim to identity theft, and, and it's definitely something to keep an eye out for. Check your credit report. If you find any issues, any strange accounts, false accounts, things that are not yours, contact that credit reporting agency and ask them to take that off. They are required by law to take it off within 30 days unless they can prove it's real. And if you're not planning on opening any credit, do a credit freeze. Please do a credit freeze. You can thaw that at any time. You can thaw it for a day, a week, a month. So it, you know you're going to open up a new car loan, mortgage, credit card, you can thaw it out until that's done and then refreeze it so nobody else can get to it. So please do that. All right, Natalie, tell the folks how they can submit a question to the podcast. Yes, if you email podcast at mock1fg.com, that's mock1fg.com, we would love to answer any questions. You can also email podcast at mock1fg.com if you have suggestions on who you'd like to be as a guest on our podcast. You can also go to our website and listen to all of our podcasts there and kind of know who we've had as guests. But we would love to answer any of your questions. We'd love to hear from y'all. Thank you, Natalie. This is our 38th podcast. Natalie's been the producer the entire time. As we joke around here, she makes us look good on this podcast. She does a fantastic job behind the scenes and in front of the mic. All right. Matt loves this thought of the day. So Matt, won't you read it? Yeah, I, I immediately knew who this was having young, young kids. So um, the thought is your identity is your most valuable possession. Protect it. And that's from Elastigirl from The Incredibles. So if you haven't seen The Incredibles, I highly recommend you go watch it. All right. Well, that's it for today, folks. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. We look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. 
SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mach-1financial.com disclosures.